Alright. <clears throat> Let's do it. Okie doke. Welcome, my lords, to the Well-Earned Comforts Podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Seth. Thank you for joining us on the walls of Isengard as we explore the many works of Tolkien and, of course, discuss life. We're glad to have you as part of the Fellowship as there's no telling where we'll be swept off to. And today is a much-awaited, long-expected podcast as we get to dive into all the ins and outs and our favorite parts of our book, Children of Hurin, because we finished that up last time. Hopefully you got a chance to finish that with us and read through the final uh, chapter of Children of Hurin. If not, probably don't start this podcast. If you don't want spoilers, go back and listen to the rest or keep reading until you get here. But before we jump into all that, as always, we're going to babble like Butterbur for a little bit. So I'll check in with Seth over there in Michigan. How's it going? What's up? What's, uh, what's keeping you busy these days? Oh, a lot of stuff is keeping me busy. Uh, a lot of stuff between work and Evelyn growing up. We're also getting ready for me to go back to school. And I took a second job. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that on the podcast. I might have um, precepting new nursing students. It's a great way to share my knowledge, but also save a lot of money on tuition. So I'll be able to get my master's degree for a very affordable price. Um, so yeah, busy with all that. I was going to mention, uh, since Sam said that this episode is finally here, I think this is like our 29th or 30th podcast. And I think over half of them have been a read through from this book. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this book, uh, has taken up a lot of our time. And I think, I know we talked about this last week, but we're kind of ready for it to be over. And this is kind of the culmination of it. And then we'll jump into some more fun stuff in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is our, going to be our 32nd podcast, but yeah, oh, okay. I'd say, the majority of them are definitely children of Huron, which is great. Sure. It's been fun, but it's been a lot of fun, but I'm, I'm ready to move on to something yeah. else, even though this was my decision to, to dive into this one. Cause it's a great story that I love, but it <laughs> it'll was. be nice to hit something else soon. It was. Yeah. It's a good story. Well, how about you? How's, uh, how's Ariel doing and all that stuff? Yeah, we're, we're doing okay. Uh, Ariel is, I mean, just feeling the woes of the pregnancy at this point. She's getting tired and sleep is rough. You know, she's not able to sleep through the night very easily. And we're training Pippin to not sleep in our bed anymore because, <laughs> you know, Ooh. when the baby comes and stuff. And so he's he's struggling with that. But it's it's fine. We got him like a, a super fancy bed. Not really a super fancy. It was like 20 bucks off Amazon. But we got him a nice bed that we thought, okay, he's going to want this. And he won't like we have to put like one of his pillows in there. I don't know if it's the yeah. smell or what, but like, he's just not, doesn't want it. And so, uh, but he's been like last night at four in the morning, he tried to jump back into our bed and we were like, no, go, go back down. But uh, yeah, other than that, it's, it's just gearing up for the last six weeks. You know, today marks another uh, milestone. We're six weeks away. And so he's he's growing really strong. We got an ultrasound this Wednesday coming up because our our doctor, she, she was kind of funny. She was like measuring him last Wednesday or two Wednesdays ago, I guess. We're on like two, two every other week. Yeah, every couple of weeks, of, yeah. Yeah, appointments at this point. And she measured like Ariel's stomach and she's like, well, you're a little bit small. So I'm going to go ahead and start an ultrasound. And we were both kind of like, well, is that an issue? Like what's she's like, no, you're like, half a centimeter smaller than the average and so i just want to see the baby like i just want to do an ultrasound so mm. we're gonna do this for the fun of it i was like oh okay cool like i want to see the baby too yeah, <laughs> as long I'm as i don't to, have to pay I'm for it to see him as long yeah. as i don't have to pay for it yeah i'll see him that sounds great but so we're excited for that on wednesday and then obviously coming up uh we got the big old moldenhauer family reunion happening um and by big old you mean immediate family and spouses and children <laughs> which is still big it's a lot bigger than it was growing up. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We've multiplied. We've been fruitful. <laughs> yes. I'm indeed. actually really excited for that though. I'm really excited to hang out in your neck of the woods in Michigan. Well, how far away is where we're staying from you guys? Like an hour? Uh, yeah. It's about an hour and 15 minutes Northwest of where we live. So it's not too far. Um, I don't know that area very well at all. We kind of have just driven through it on our way to other stuff, but it's kind of a nice staging ground. It looks like just based on the maps, it's only about an hour from a couple different really cool spots in Michigan. So sweet. I don't know how much traveling or whatever we'll be doing. I know it's a lot of people to coordinate, but 
yeah. either way, it'll be fun to just hang out with the family and it'll be the first time that we're all together in at least two years. So, yeah, I think the last time was grandpa's funeral, right? In February, 2021. Yeah. No? Sorry. Yeah. I, February of 2022, I guess that was 22. Been. Okay, yeah. So yeah. I guess it hasn't been quite as long as I thought, but, but that was I mean a year and a, a half. Day. So, <laughs> right, was, yeah. So it'll be a lot of fun to see yeah. everybody, and it's ex- it's going to be exciting to see you know Ember and Killian and see how they're growing up and yeah, for sure, all that fun stuff. Absolutely, yeah. We're looking forward to it, and uh, yeah, it should, should be should be a really fun time to just get to with family again i've loved like the friends we made here in kentucky but there's something different about like your immediate family that you just pick up where you left off and you know getting to talk to dad and hearing his thoughts and wrestling with steven i'm sure and <laughs> just all the fun <laughs> that will happen but yeah we we had rachel and levi out la- this last week for a few days and i don't know it's one of those things where we hadn't seen them since probably 2020 because we traveled to the their neck of the woods in Virginia uh, during COVID. And yeah. it was kind of like, all right, I mean, we're obviously really good friends, but is it going to be weird after three years? And we, it, it blew my mind. We picked up right where we left off. We had a great yeah. time. I mean, I don't think Amanda and I have laughed that hard since moving <laughs> to Michigan. Like yeah. it was, it was awesome to spend time with them. So I'm looking forward to kind of that same, that same feel of being around, you know, the immediate family and sure, everybody. Sure. That's great. I love that. Yeah, looking forward to it. All right, well, I think that'll do it for the babbling. Short and sweet today as we jump into Riddles in the Dark. And I came a little bit prepared, not really prepared. I just like opened up my book a little bit early. And I actually have a one-liner that I'm going to oh, give geez. you. It sh- I, I, I'm, it's, I don't want to give too much to it. You will get it, I imagine. But I'm curious <laughs> to see. So... Okay. It'll be a one long one liner and we'll see if you can guess who says it. Okay. Short. Let's hear it. You ready? Okay. Shortcuts make long delays. Oh yeah, I should know this. <laughs> uh, it's like it's a pretty notable. No, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. Okay, Shortcuts right. make long delays. That is ah. Uh, that is Frodo talking to Pippin as they are walking to um after he moves out of bag end and it has to be when Pippin wants to take a detour to the bar and Frodo says something along the lines of shortcuts make long delays to him. You're not giving my boy Pippin enough credit, man. He's the Am one I wrong. He's the one. That Is he it. the one that say, says, yeah, it? yeah. I, th- I think he just gets stupider as the trilogy goes on. But... <laughs> okay. So <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Pippin that says that? I thought that was because I know Pippin want, was all disappointed because he wanted to hit a few pubs <laughs> on the way to Crick Hollow. Well, so I'll, I'll just read it for you. So, but that is a mile out of the way. We could save a quarter of distance if we made a line for the ferry from where we stand. Shortcuts make long delays, argued Pippin. Um, all right, Pippin said, I will follow you to every bog and ditch, but it is hard, and I have counted on passing the golden perch at stock before sundown. The best beer in the East Farthing, or used to be, as it's been a long time, long time since I tasted it. That settles it, said Frodo. Shortcuts make delays, but ends make longer delays. <laughs> okay, that's what I was remembering. <laughs> At all costs, we must keep you away from the Golden Perch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. So you, you had it. It was pretty much there. But <laughs> That's a kind of a roundabout one. That's a, that's a fun one, though. I love... I I I understand why that was cut out of the movies, but the beginning of the Fellowship of the Ring with Tom Bombadil and the yeah. journey from you know from Bag End to Crick Hollow and then Crick Hollow to Bree and uh, it just that's one of my favorite. I'll I'll re-listen to just the first few chapters quite sure. often just because I love the way that starts off. Absolutely, I agree. Uh okay. I think you will uh, probably get this because you seem to like this part of the story. Uh, but here we go. Lead on or lead back. We have been warned against Fanghorn, but one so knowing will not have forgotten that. F- Fangorn, is that what you said? We've yeah. been warned yeah. against Fangorn? Yeah. 
Lead on, lead or, on lead or lead back. We have been warned against Fangorn, but one so knowing will not have forgotten that. Hmm. Uh, I mean, that sounds like the... Is that the Hunters? As they're like following Pippin and Mary into Fangorn? You're not far off, but no. Okay. Is it Pippin and Mary going into Fangorn when they're <laughs> running away from the orcs? <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, okay. Yes, it is. Great. Yeah, Great. the part I left out of that is lead on Mister or Master Brandybuck. Uh, sure. Which yeah. would have obviously given it away, but... Nicely done. I know you like yeah. that part of the story quite a bit. So, oh, it's fun. I love, I love Treebeard's house and how he's got a bed that he never uses, and he's got like. A yeah, bunch why of- does he have a bed? Like, let's, <laughs> let's just dwell on that for a minute. It, why is there a bed if it's his house and he's, you know, with at other ends? Who else comes in? There, there would be no purpose to ever have a bed there. I mean, maybe Saruman before he went crazy, or Gid. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's just being hospitable. He's ready to go. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> well, very good. Uh, off from Riddles in the Dark, out of the caves, and into uh, the meeting and the tidings uh, from our fellowship, which this, of course, we and Seth and I both have longed for this, uh, this moment here, is we get to read Nate Braun's email. Nathan Braun's, I think, is what he's preferring to be called now, as he's a professional. Ah, um, and okay. it's actually, I don't know. I think it's... He'll always be Nate to me. You'll always be Nate to me, Nate. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to call Indeed. you Indeed. <laughs> but yes, we are very excited to read your email for the first time because you sent this, gosh, uh, May 28th. <laughs> oh, jeez. So we have buddy. been patiently waiting, <laughs> and per your request, we have not opened it yet. So I'm going to open it up and go ahead and read it to Seth. And, uh, oh, he's got a challenge for us. So here we oh, go. Geez. Oh, right. okay. Oh, this is good. So we'll have to do another Riddles in the Dark, but let me read the email first. Okay. Okay. Let's it says, it. do not open until the last episode of Children of Heard. Hey, guys. First of all, I want to let you know how much I really enjoy your podcasts. They're so entertaining, and I've learned so much that I didn't know about Tolkien. That's thanks to Seth. <laughs> There's uh, uh, I've learned so much that I didn't know about Tolkien and Lord of the Rings. I know and I've read through the Children of Heard a couple times, but it's really interesting going more in depth about it and hearing all your insights into the book. Now, on to the challenge. For your last episode, I'd like to see you guys do Riddles in the Dark from the Children of Hurin book. Also, without cheating, if you guys Ooh. can name all the names that Turin went by, I will donate 50 bucks to the podcast for you guys to invest back into the podcast and whatever you guys see fit. Best of luck. Wow. <laughs> that oh is pretty incredible. Uh, so well, that's kind of funny. We can definitely do uh, the Riddles in the Dark. Unfortunately <laughs> for Nathan, uh, we had already planned on going through all of his names <laughs> so yes that we, was doing the... something similar but not quite like that dang i should have i probably should have snuck and snuck a peek at this uh email beforehand we're gonna be out 50 bucks <laughs> <laughs> i don't know we would have had to get it that would that's true been the hard part that is true yeah oof well nate right, well, we, let's we really appreciate you man yeah yeah let's do children here and Nate, we appreciate you, man. Thank you for listening. Uh, thanks for being a lifelong friend. And yes, indeed. Just giving us so much love and joy and laughter and energy over the years. Um, appreciate you standing by us. You want to go first, Seth, or you want me to go? Uh, let me just open something up here. Oh, this is actually a really good one. Okay. Um, I think you'll probably get it because it's not super obscure, but it's a actually one of the parts that we talked about in the podcast pretty in depth. Uh, So do you then scorn your father's gift said blank? And then again, blank answered. No, but I love blank. I am sorry for him. Uh, Yeah. This is when he's talking to more, uh, his mom more when he's like, I want to give the dagger that my dad gave me to hop a foot because I want to restore his dignity and his honor. And, and Mormon's like, wait, you don't like you scorn your, father's gift he's like no it's because i have pity and then Huron says something along the lines of like least of these he has pity in his heart or something like that i don't know yeah the uh, yeah you're spot on the exact next sentence is all three gifts were your own to give Turin: love pity and the knife the least yeah which i think is is beautifully written nice well done i love that i love that it really shows Turin's, you know character 
growing yeah. up in that little scene there. Absolutely. Well, I'm gonna flip through here, find something good. This is a good idea, Nate. That was I like it. Very good. Okay. This uh yeah. I, I think you'll yeah, you'll probably get it as it's pretty fresh on your mind, but um, <laughs> Okay. I'm gonna start from here. For I'm dishonored, he said. But she said to him, It is not so, blank. You did all that you could, and no other among the king's servants would have done so much. Ah, uh, yeah, that's uh now I'm drawing a blank on his name. It's Mablong talking to Melian in that scene after uh, the disaster of Glaurung uh, coming after Morwen and Neonor and the company that was checking out Nargothron. It's perfect. Yep. Yes. Well done. Yes. Well done. Nice. Good idea. I like it. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Unfortunately, we kind of ruined the next challenge because we had already <laughs> looked up the names. <laughs> so. Well. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. I I did I do have the names written in here for Seth to guess their meaning if that makes it better. That was part of the ideas that we had switched around. So if Seth can guess all the meanings correctly, maybe Nate will donate twenty five dollars yeah, to the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, maybe we would run some ads on Facebook or something with the twenty five bucks. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, yeah, that was that was fun. Thank you, Nate, for for doing that. We wanted Indeed. to go on to the meat and potatoes of the podcast. We're just gonna again talk about the the book itself, a little bit of what we liked about it, and uh, specifically, uh, we're gonna start with our favorite characters. Um, Seth put in in our doc to choose three favorite characters. I kind of went rogue and and put another fourth there. So um, maybe that's an honorable mention. Maybe that's what we do with it. But uh, yeah, Seth, why don't you explain? your your first three and then your honorable mention as well yeah um so first off my favorite character in the entire book you can't go wrong he's probably most people's fair favorite character to be fair uh and that's yeah. beleg beleg uh strongbow and this is just because when you talk about loyalty and friendship and wisdom and uh just the ability to to really not give up on a person you're talking about Beleg and his relationship with Turin. He fostered him all the way up. He taught him everything about the woods from a young age. He's actually the one that brought him into Doriath originally. He captured him and brought him to the king. Um, and he was with him up until Beleg's last moment when he was unfortunately slain by yeah. Turin, just tragically. Um, and like I said, Beleg is just when you think of somebody with character in the story, because there's a lot of gray characters in this story. Um, there's a lot of, which is rare for Tolkien. Most of the time, sure. Tolkien's pretty sure. clear black and white. Um, but Beleg is just, I don't know. He's just a stand-up guy. And um, that's why he is my absolute favorite. Well, and it's crazy that he's like one of the most, like, like you mentioned, the guy that has the most integrity, the guy that's steadfast in, in all his ways. Like he, he stays with Turin even though he doesn't think he should, like against his own will. He's because he just loves him, and like he's a really good friend and and leader. And then the way he dies is just so tragic. Like you know, you look at like the character like Gandalf and Aragorn and some of those people, or I, I guess even Boromir. But Boromir obviously had his faults, and you see that, and there's redemption, and it's it's really cool how Tolkien did that. But I mean, it's just you don't really get anything out of Beleg. He's just halfway through the book he dies and right it just again shows that the depth that tolkien was trying to get at at the misery and tragedy of this kind of a story well sure. and it, he there's this one scene throughout the book i forget exactly where it is um but beleg checks turin and basically tells him like hold on time out you need to think about what you're doing yeah. and turin he's like abashed and for the first time his it's i think the first time his pride is like oh wait, I need to listen to Beleg. Beleg has commanded such a respect in Turin's life that he's like the only person that can speak wisdom into his life. Right. And it really is, like you said, unfortunate that you don't get much out of him. He, man, if, if he would have not been killed, what else would have been averted? You know? Right, right. Um, but unfortunately, you know, the story had to story. So <laughs> the story had to story. That's right. Well, I put here and I, I don't know if I, looking back on this when I wrote these, I'm like, eh, I don't know if I would have put this first, but I really like Neonor um, as uh, one of my first characters pre Nino, of course. Um, okay. I mean, she was fine. She was fine as Nino, um, but I just really liked the, the strength that you get. Now we don't see her very much, obviously. Um, 
but the little tidbits that we get when her mom's pretty much like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. See ya. Like you can stay in this really awesome place and, you know, not have any issues or you can, well, or I mean, that's pretty much what she said. You have to stay here. And, and she was just like, no, I'm, I'm going to go with you. And the way that she actually seems to fight off Glaurong's stare longer than Turin, it seems for a little bit, Mm -hmm. like it even talked about, you know, she, she was, strong in in that and then they like strove against each other for a hot yeah minute. yeah whereas to and i mean he's just so clouded um with his rage and his uh you know his his quick thinking or, or quick reactions like she i don't know she's she's a really cool character i think in the way that she kind of snuck snuck with the company and she stands her ground and i just love to one of the words that she says, like it really just stuck with me when she t- is talking to her mom after her mom's like, why did you come here? I can't believe you, you came along with us. And she said something along the lines of uh, like, I've already grieved my father and my brother who I never met. And yeah. now you, who I love the most, am I supposed to just grieve your past? Like that's no, that's not going to happen. Like you're yeah. all that I've got. I'm going to stay with you. And and so again, it's tragic that she never, like after that moment, she never sees her mom again. And then, you know, as we see what happened to her mom later on, but yeah right yeah no i i i really like neonora's character and there's she's one of those characters where there's a lot of strength that is unexplained in a way um Mm -hmm. however just knowing so her mom you know still hung out in dor loman with her until she basically was an adult i don't know how old she was 16 17 18 somewhere in there when they fled to doriath but that means the entire adolescent childhood and adolescent phases of her life she was you know always fighting just to stay alive and and Mm -hmm. uh you know push back against the easterlings and all that stuff so she has this toughness that isn't really fleshed out but it makes sense why it's there so that's you know she doesn't have a huge part but tolkien's great in writing his characters and like okay she's not just a mary sue where out of nowhere she's great at everything it's no she has a backstory that fits this you know even if it's not explicit yeah, yeah, it's easy to easy to get from A to B in that sense. Yeah, yeah. So my next favorite character um, is actually Gwendor. I really, really like. Yeah, I I was thinking about like, do I want to put like Turin? Like, I I don't really love Turin. I just don't. I sure. I appreciate him for the character he is, but he's a hard character to really like. Yeah. Um, but Gwendor, I, honestly, to open up the book you know, with the, the battle of unnumbered tears and Gwendor sees his brother just slaughtered in front of him and mutilated. And he's like, no, 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 this is not happening. And the fact that he leads a charge granted, he probably should have waited and probably (laughs) might've costed the whole battle of unnumbered tears or at least eh, not all of it, but it was definitely a, a factor that played in, but Yep. His charge was so fierce that he got all the way to the iron doors of Angban and was banging on the doors to try to get in to fight Morgoth because he was so pissed off about what was done to his brother. Um, and then the way he rescues Tur- Turin and you know basically leads him up to the the what is it the springs of Ivrine I believe yeah. or something like that to to Restore. rejuvenate him. Yeah, and then brings him down to Nargothron and then still gives him wisdom. And there's even a part where he's like, I love you, Turin, but I wish that we never would have met, basically. Because mm-hmm. I still would have my girl, I would have my life, yeah. Yeah. and I would have my city in Nargothron, and they're all gone because of you. But I still do love you. you right. know. Um, so again, he's another character that dies, but I, I really appreciate him. Definitely. Yeah, my my next one is is Mablong. I, I really like him he's not totally bought in on Turin, and i think that's something that i like like he's very yeah. faithful to thingle and to melian and he's just trying to do the best he can as you know a servant of of doriath and and yet he he has this wisdom about him that understands the wrath of Turin and the recklessness of Turin and even the curse of Turin. and yet he he still puts that aside to just be loyal and he never gives up his search for Turin. And like, even after he you know, comes back, it's like, oh, it's a mess. It's horrible. Like we just read in that, in that little segment there, um, he still goes out and he searches forever, even after everyone else has, has left. And, and he finds, unfortunately, he, he finds Turin at the worst, worst moment possible. But um, even in that too, he's, he's very steadfast and, you know, he, 
don't know. He's, he's a good character. He is. I, uh, I think you're spot on with the fact that he isn't totally bought into Turin. Um, so everything he does is out of like his duty to his king and queen, but mm-hmm. also he has a very good sense of what's right and what's wrong. And he also takes things upon himself, which a good leader does. It's okay. Yeah. This I really, I really, I rue going to Nargothrond more than I do hunting Karkaroth. But yeah, somebody's got to do it, you know. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I like, I like that. If you keep reading in the Silmarillion, he actually dies a tragic death, just like everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. When those dwarves, we talked about it briefly last episode, but when those dwarves come, uh, and try to steal the now glamir with the silmaril on it and they leave uh yeah. there's a, you know a couple of little skirmishes and dwarves come in and basically destroy doriath and he he passes away during that battle which is sad because again he's a great great character yeah hate to see it all right yeah you hate to hear it uh my number three favorite character is actually glaurung uh i love the way he is written when you talk about villains there's different types of villains and different arcs that you know writers try to take with them and with Galaurung, i really appreciate him in the sense that he is powerful enough physically to just dominate everybody but he also uses his wisdom and his cunning even though you know that wisdom is in a negative sense to manipulate people and he's he's not you know every time he looks into turin's eyes or niniel's eyes or nobody can withstand his gaze Mm-hmm. and just the words that he speaks he knows just exactly how to poison the mind of the person he's trying to manipulate um and so he's just a fascinating character in that regard yeah and the way that he i mean he's powerful he's the father of dragons he's huge he you know he's got he breathes fire and all that but he still fights with his words more so at least what we saw like even the even right. when Turin killed him like it wasn't a fight Turin just had to sneak up on him because had he tried to go the other way, like the first time he tried to kill him, it wouldn't have worked. He would have gotten wouldn't have worked, sucked yeah. in. Yeah, I I put him as my as my like honorable mention as well. So I won't I won't talk about him twice. But yeah, he's I just loved his like his dialogue, like you mentioned, just the way that he he speaks tr- truth, but also lies, but in the way that it sounds so true. Right. I mean, you see that I feel like all around the world, people t- like people are who can deceive you. There's always a hint of truth in there. And especially like when he's explaining like who Turin is to his to Nino. Um, and when Brandier hears that, he's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but right. Yeah, good. Good character. I put as my last one, good old Sador slash Hoppa. Ah, and I, I like that. He's such a fun character. I mean, I know he's I like that you get full circle that he comes back and he gets to kind of redeem himself a little bit because yeah, after the incident with his foot and he couldn't really fight the way he wanted to, he was I think he was very ashamed of that, but then also got to serve his his master Hurin in and that you know, in a way that made him feel like he had some value. Um but then obviously when Huron left, then he's like, well, I can't do anything to protect this place. Like, I'm just I'm just going to have to be a thrall. But he, he still does what he can. Um, cutting up a chair that was supposed to be his dad's for firewood. You know, something that he a beautiful thing that he made. And he's like, we just need to survive Spent hours, hours, hours working on probably yeah. days, I imagine, you know? Yeah. Something beautiful that he would have made. And, you know, it'd be really hard to just chop it up and put it into firewood. But like, that's what you have to do. And so yeah he's he's a fun character and i love that he gets that redemption you know back in the tavern at the very end when he sees tour and it's like like oh oh they're like yeah wow you you grew <laughs> let's do this yeah. and like let me let me die fighting like this is great so definitely one of my favorites yeah i like sador a lot i i know we talked about him at length early on in in our podcast about this book and all that rings true he's a great character Uh, for my honorable mention, it's somebody that gets, you know, maybe three or four lines in the whole book, Yeah. but it's actually Hunthor. Uh, and if you remember Hunthor is of the house of, oh shoot now house of Haleth. That's right. Mm -hmm. Um, and Brandir was unable to go with Turin on the, on the quest of slaying Glaurung. And so Hunthor went to represent the house of Haleth and, uh, just the way Tolkien phrases that, 
Huron slipped up and lost focus because of that stench and the dragon uh, reek and everything. Huron slipped up. He's our hero of the book, right? Or kind of hero, I guess. Depends on how you look at Anti-hero, him. Anti-hero, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but Huron slips up, and or I'm sorry, Turin slips up, but Hunthor is able to actually rescue him and put his arm back, and it just the the small lines that you get from him really show his character and he doesn't want to go on this quest he he really doesn't but he knows he needs to and unfortunately the rock smokes him on the head and takes him out yeah. but he really just you could tell that he is a man of character and of you know steadfast loyalty to the people around him and i just i think he's beautifully written for the small small part that he plays yeah i mean absolutely he yeah you're you're right he said he he didn't want to go you know, who, who, what was the other guy's name? Dorlas. Uh, yeah. Was it Dorlas? Yeah. Who's like, oh, come on, guys. Like, sack up. Let's do this. And right. then he's and he the one across like, the river. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm actually not as, you know, as brave as I made it myself out to be. I'm going to try to sneak away. And Hunter's like, yeah. well, I'm, I committed to this thing. I didn't want to be here, but I'm going to keep going. Like, I, I'll, I'll do this because I know I have to. It's a good list. It's a good list. All right, this next segment here for our recap episode, we just thought we'd go through Turin's death list. Um, these are not necessarily people that he killed. Some of them are. Uh, some of them, uh, we're going to have some dialogue on if they were killed because of him. And so we just kind of have it in order. There's a lot of them as I was going through this, and maybe I even forgot some. So Seth, if I, if I miss one, please let me know. But uh, the first one I put here was uh, Liliath, um, his first sister. Like not really his fault. I mean, that was just the the you know the black breath or like you know the stench of Morgoth that had come through and and killed a bunch of people. And so it's not because of him, but it was. I feel like it was pretty. It was a pretty big moment for him, and and kind of defined maybe some of his hardness his of motivations. Yeah, yeah, his motivations, his hate for Morgoth, his hard heart for for people, and like not wanting to get close to people um so you know his his sister's the first one i put down there but obviously he didn't kill her and and she didn't die because of anything that he did yep i think that's fair uh that's the first one that really happened to him and so i'm sure it impacted him probably the most out of all of them yeah um at least from a developmental standpoint uh then the next one on the list is seros and if (laughs) That was one of my favorite parts of the book. I, I know so it was good. a long so time ago, um, <laughs> but Seros was the the elf in Doriath that started mocking Turin's mother and threw a cup or uh, Turin threw a glass in his face and shamed yeah. him. And then Seros thought he could jump him and attack him. And uh, Turin, if you remember, he stripped him naked and then chased him <laughs> through the forest. And when asked what he was doing, he said, "Orc." He's like, "This is." This orc isn't play. orc work. That was earlier. This is orc play. <laughs> but then, yeah, Saro was thinking he was going to like die by the by the blade of tour and decides to try to leap across the cliff, trips and falls to his death. <laughs> so I'd say that one. I don't know if I'd pin that directly on Turin, but I'd say yeah. it's Turin's responsibility. Yeah. Then yeah. again. Then again, Thingol decided it wasn't. So I don't True. know. True. He, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, next one we have is Forweg. If you remember going through the book uh, after Turin leaves uh, Doria, thinking he's now an outlaw himself, he joins in a band of outlaws and, and the captain Forweg lets him into the company. Um, I think he actually kills somebody else before that. <laughs> now that I'm remembering it. Um, uh, they, when they like surround him. Does. Yeah, I don't know that they gave a name to that character. He like but throws the guy, a rock and kills him, right? Yeah, the guy shoots an arrow, he ducks the arrow, and then just domes him with a rock and kills him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if so, he had a name. He he probably had a name knowing Tolkien, yeah, but I don't I'm remember sure he it. Did. I'm sure he did. But he, yeah, that guy died, then Forweg lets him into the company, and then uh, Turin walks into the woods away from the outlaws and stumbles upon Forweg chasing this girl that he either already raped or was trying to rape and right. Turin just kind of out of instinct and reaction oh I see a damsel in distress I'm going to kill this guy and he didn't even know who it was at first and then he's like oh yeah that was my captain which I mean I'm fine with that one honestly I don't and so was Turin 
supposed yeah. to her and he's yeah. like we're like i killed this guy i'm the leader now we're not doing this absolutely yeah so i, th- I think that a justified kill justified kill that's exactly what i was gonna say um and the next one is androg which i'm trying to remember i believe he dies to memes hand or he wasn't killed directly by turin but when right. uh meme betrays the company of outlaws on i always want to say amon hen what is it amon howden oh, amon rude yeah amon rude all these names man um when they're betrayed up there and we're sam and i are doing all these off the top of our head so <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We, we wrote down a little list but we're trying to remember the context um so it might be a little off but uh well he gets I'm trying to remember down, right? orc. i don't remember if an orc shoots him and he has an arrow and i think he i think he stabs at meme and makes meme run away yeah which saves beleg potentially yes yeah uh, because, something yeah, like they were that they're tied up at the top or something like that and but then the arrow hit him and he was he was wounded to the death right and so he stayed and Turin and Bellic left I think is what what went down yeah yep which he's but. another character that is a very gray character you really don't like him overall but you can see that he's always about his own motivations but yeah in the end he kind of has that redemption arc so yeah yeah he's got the kind of some Valar I think I think Tur- Tolkien even said like the um I don't know something about his honor or valor or something like that. Like, hmm. not the least. Yeah, I don't of, remember. You know, the no, that was courage. that was in regard to Hunthor. Hmm. Not and so yeah, died not right. the least valiant of the House of Halith or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then obviously we have Beleg, which, I mean, man, this one is. <sighs> I'm gonna say it's Turin's fault. I'm gonna say it's Turin's yeah. fault. Obviously, he killed him. Um, Beleg. This is right after Beleg and. Uh, Gwyndor rescue Turin and they kind of sh- Turin's in a stupor he's he'd just been played with by all the orcs they were throwing knives at him and stuff and he'd drink the orc draught and so he was kind of like this drunken stupor thing but then he kind of comes to as Beleg and Gwyndor are like hey wake up and <laughs> he just takes his sword Beleg's sword Gurthang and kills Beleg with it right up just thinking that maybe it was an orc or something and and I get that but at the same time, because of the lack of self-control that he is kind of manifested in his in his life up to this point, I think that's probably what led him to just react and kill instead of like being like uh, you know trying to figure out what's going on before. I, I get he's scared for his life, but I, I don't know. I think I his embedded just... reflexes are to act first and not assess the situation is exactly. kind of what I think you're getting at. So yeah, I yeah, yeah. I would agree. I think the death of Beleg unfortunately is directly his fault um just prior to uh the death of beleg and everything sam put in here the entire kingdom of nargothrond including gwyndor and the king orodreth and i'm gonna say that this is directly related to uh turin's hand so he obviously didn't deliver the death blows however he was constantly counseling to go out and meet morgoth in open battle he had this giant bridge over the river Narog built that ultimately led to Glaurung being able to just cross right over and sack Nargothrond. Um, and even when those, it's a story kind of within a story, the, there were two elves that came. I don't, I think they were mentioned in this book, but they are two elves yeah. that came yeah. uh, at the behest of, uh, what's, no, the river, not the river one, the ocean one. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what is his name? Why am I drawing a blank right now? Uh, Water Valar. <laughs> it is Ulmo. 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 Yeah. They came at the behest of Ulmo to warn um, Orodreth to run away, uh, like to meet up with right. people in the south yeah. and destroy the bridge and hide and stuff like that at the behest of a Valar. And Turin basically laughed in their faces and said, get away from us. Um, yeah. So I'm going to blame Turin for all of those. Absolutely. And even when Gwyndor is on his like, you know, deathbed, like you mentioned, he's like, I love you, but I wish I would have never met you because then I would still yeah. have a girl. Nargothron would be great. We'd be fine. And, you know, <laughs> and yep. then on top of that, when we have Fenduilas, which again I, is completely Turin's fault. He falls for the lies of the dragon saying that your mother and your sister are being tormented in Dor Loman. Either go get them. 
and Fenduilas dies, or say Fenduilas and they die. And so thinking he has to choose between family and not really girlfriend, like just a girl that he is a really good friend. Here's about, he, yeah. Yeah, he, he chooses family, not realizing that they were totally fine in Doriath with Melian and Thingol. And so thus ends the life of Fenduilas as they uh, kill her when they are abandoned, or, or uh, they were attacked by a bunch of men, right? Some yeah, they pen her to a tree. And pen her to a tree with a spear. Yep. So definitely Turin's fault. Agreed. 100%. Not at his hand, but his fault. Definitely his fault. Yep. Um, next up on the list, we have an enemy. Uh, we Turin slayed a lot of enemies, so we tried not to put too many of them on here. Yeah. Um, but Sam threw one on here, a couple of them on here, but definitely Brada, the Easterling, who was kind of the chieftain of Dorloman. Uh, and right after Turin says deuces to Fenduilas and runs up to I think wasn't it like 150 miles nonstop or something yeah, crazy it was a some wild yeah, yeah 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 he goes back to Dorloman his childhood home and I I, I kind of like that scene because Brada had it coming and yep, yep. Um, would it have been better if he controlled his temper gathered information and left yeah probably but I'm yeah. all for the way he kills him. He like picks him up and then just chucks him <laughs> down the table and he hits his head. And yeah. it's like, if you're going to kill somebody that's a bad cool. guy, that's a pretty BA way to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I'd say, again, that's another justified killing. Maybe not in the way that it happened, but I mean, Brada, like you said, had it coming for sure. Indeed. And then we have Sador, who also died in the brawl of this tavern because obviously all Brada's people were there, the other Easterlings were there, and so it kind of becomes a little fight. And you know, Sador ends up—I think he kills a couple couple Easterlings, but then he ends up dying. And he's like, tells Turin on his you know dying breath, like, "Hey, thanks, I get to die with honor," kind of a thing. Um, yeah. So, I this is a tough one because he dies because of what Turin did but he's happy that he died because of what Turin did. So it's a different contrast from anything else that we've really seen. I'm know. still going to blame Turin. I mean, <laughs> okay. at the end of the day, he would have died. He was old at this point. He was really old. Yeah, so he, he was going to die at some point anyways. The winters up in Dorloman are super rough. He's a thrall at this point. Um, so it's still, yeah. I would say it's still Turin's fault. But like you said, it, it's what he, he preferred it that way. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the next person on this is the lady, I, and I again is Iren, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Uh, that is Turin's aunt, I believe, right? Sister of Morwen, pretty sure, or yeah. some maybe great aunt, or it's some relation uh, to Turin, and she does not die directly related to Turin's own actions. Um, however, after the the sack of the hall, Brada's hall and Brada being killed and Sador, um, if you remember, Aaron was Brada's forced bride. And so she was actually helping the people of Dorloman secretly. And mm -hmm. after this, she just knew that the Easterlings were going to take revenge on anybody uh, of the House of Hador that was still left. And so she decided to just go up in flames. She kind of went the Denethor route. Sure. And she lit the hall on fire. And at one point, Turin, as he's running away, looks back and asks one of the guys, like, oh, they lit it on fire. Why would they do that? And the guy was like, no, I I think it was the Lady Iron that did it by her own hand. Yeah. Yeah. Killed herself along with that. And just so that she wouldn't have to deal with the inevitable, of even maybe being taken as somebody else's wife again, forcefully. Like, I'm sure that that was very traumatic for her. But yeah. Seth talked about him already. We have Hunthor. Definitely. Uh, it's one of those things like Glaurung was coming regardless. I mean, I think it was because kind of in reaction to Turin, like he had, you know, thought maybe I need to go kill this guy. <laughs> and, but Glaurung was kind of on a, on a rampage anyway. And so I think Hunthor was just doing, doing the right thing for his people. And he knew he was going to die. He, he knew what he was signing up for. Um, right. I'm sure he thought he could get past and maybe actually fight the dragon and not just get killed by a rock. But I mean, you know, he was a, he was a good guy. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to pen this one directly on Turin, um, but it just is that unfortunate kind of as Turin says, like the mists of Morgoth or the whatever it is, the uh, shadow. I don't know how I don't remember how yeah. he phrases it, but there's always that, you know, shadow over mm -hmm. him. And that's unfortunately what leads to Hunthor's death. 
Though, do you think Hunthor would have survived if he hadn't have saved Turin? Like, Turin fell, and maybe he was like, oh no, and like ducked to like look at him fall, and then the rock going over his head? Yeah, but then Glaurum would have killed him, so. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Glaurung, that's a good transition into the next one. Again, another villain that Sam puts in here. How can you not? Uh, Glaurung definitely dies to the hand of Turin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he manipulates him one more time and manipulates, you know, Niniel one more time. Um, but definitely a well-deserved death that was coming towards to Glaurung there. Yeah, when you think of, like, a rivalry, like, you know, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, like, they go back and forth, and, you know, somebody has more wins than the other one, and I'm saying Glaurung's got way more wins in this. Like, obviously, Turin defeats Glaurung. Sure. But the... They both end up effect, dead in the end. Yeah, they both end up dead, right? So it's an even playing field. And the, the effect that Glaurung had on Turin's family and everyone around him, like, I think I think Glaurung probably won that won that match. I would agree. And then, of course, we have Neonor, sister of Turin, or Niniel, and uh, she died after being told by Glaurung and, and re- remembering everything that she was actually Turin's sister and not her, not supposed to be his his wife, um, carrying his child. And she's like, I can't live with this shame. I'm going to jump off a cliff into the waters of uh, uh, the Teeglin, which, I mean... So, not to be too crass here, and oh I guess boy. you can edit this out if you want... Did she die by Turin's hand, by Turin's action, or by his seed? Hmm. I think it's... if she didn't have Turin's kid growing in her brother's kid growing inside of her, right, do you think right, she right. would have taken her own life? No, I don't think she would. Hmm. I don't think so. She would it was have. his seed. Sure. <laughs> the way you said that, it was just like <laughs> yuck. Uh, you have to call attention to it just because it's so yeah just disgusting oh man it's bizarre that's a great word for it absolutely bizarre yep all right and then the next one is brandir who obviously dies directly by turin's hand um and even as turin kills himself on gorthang gorthang tells him i will remember the blood of brandir you know slain Mm -hmm. unjustly and i tend to agree with that i yeah you know Brandir is by no means clean in all of this. However, his fate was not justified. Uh, And again, we have Turin acting out of um, just reacting rather than contemplating his actions. He just reacted and slayed him. Yeah, it was it was kind of a a tough scene there. But yeah, Brandon stood as Brandir stood as ground and he knew it was going to happen. He said what he needed to say anyway. And I, I appreciate that about him. But yeah. yeah, definitely blaming Turin for this one. Uh, and then Morwen is the next one. Obviously, she's, I would say she's more the result of maybe Hurin as opposed to Turin. Mm. Um, because, like, she sends Turin away. Granted, she wants to go find him. And that's what leads ultimately to, you know, Nienel being, or Nienor being taken and changed into Nienel. So. I guess you can maybe put that back on Turin, but I think that's more so just, again, the curse of Morgoth on Hurin to the whole family. Sure. Morwen, and she, and thankfully, like we talked about last episode, she didn't hear what actually happened to her, her children other than that they just died. So I don't know if I'm blaming Turin for that. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, Turin's actions definitely increased her sorrow, but I don't think she knew about him like you mentioned. Um, she passed before she really understood the depths of them. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to blame her for that one. Uh, and then the last one Sam put on this list here is meme for sure. Um, so I'm curious why you said for sure, because I don't think I'm going to pin this one on Turin. So I put up for sure because Turin disrupts memes livelihood, right? I mean, memes a jerk. We know this. He's, he's an a-hole, but Turin disrupts his livelihood, kind of forces him to let him live with him. Then, in turn, Tour like Mim becomes very like angry towards Turin's company, and of course, Belleg, the, the elf, and so he makes goes for drastic measures. And you know, after of course his his uh, son was killed too. Like, I mean, I, I, not really at the hands of Turin, at the Turin, at the hands of Turin's company. And so he's got a lot of hatred in his heart, and so. Then he just like lives for himself for a little bit, and then Hurin kills Meme because he says, "You know, I've, I've seen everything that you've done. I know who you are. 
Mm-hmm. And so he slays him because of that. I don't know. Maybe it's not because of Turin. And I'm not saying it's a bad slaying. I, I was happy when I when we talked about that. <laughs> and it was like, yes, finally. Meme dies. The last of the petty dwarves are gone. But, I mean, I don't know. So I, ha- I have a slightly different take on that one. Um, I fine. definitely agree with your last statement there. Uh, however, if you remember the whole process with Meme... Uh, Turin was pretty pissed off at Androg, who shot Meme's son initially. True. And yeah. then uh, Meme, after he finds out that his son is dead, Turin basically says, the House of Ransom, this will indeed be called. And if I ever come to riches, I will pay you a, a what was it, a, a Dandweth or something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. A, of ran- Like, I will pay you a ransom for your son. And he basically yeah. says, like, you speak like the Dwarf Kings of old. And then they actually get to become decent friends. And Honestly, I'm going to blame Beleg for mm. the death of um, Meme in this case because, yes, Meme wasn't thrilled with the company and especially Androg living in his house. He was okay with it because he actually really respected and enjoyed Turin. Um, yeah. And then once Beleg showed up, if you remember, we talked about the Petty Dwarves a little bit uh, during that episode, but the Petty Dwarves and the Elves, the Petty Dwarves hate the Elves as much or more than they hate the Orcs, which is sure, rare. Sure. Um, so with Beleg showing up, that's what prompted Meme to become a traitor. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I I definitely agree with you that I'm. I felt kind of justified when, uh, <laughs> when Huron slayed him. Yeah. Because uh, he definitely had it coming. But I think that's more on Be- Beleg. Yeah. No, I, I, that makes sense. I uh, agree to slightly agree slash slightly disagree. <laughs> fair fair enough we'll take that it that makes sense yeah if that if that checks out um all right and uh yeah it was, it was fun reminiscing about all the death around Turin and his <laughs> friends and his foes and uh just the sadness that kind of ensued and the fatalities of his list moving on to maybe more uh interesting or fun topic here i've written down all the names that Turin has given himself or has been given throughout the entire book and uh hopefully they're in the right order but (laughs) seth is going to try to guess their meaning so we have uh one two three four five six seven eight nine ten names for turin here Mm. uh obviously the first being turin any idea what that means (laughs) uh you think that the main one i would know um Man, I'll be lucky to get 50% on these, honestly. No, I don't have any idea. Can you give me like three to choose from? Uh, or sure, is that sure. cheating? Is that no, cheating? No, no, or? That's fine. Um, so it's uh, the word tour in Cinderin. Um, we'll just go with that. It could either mean power, wisdom, or strength. Okay, power, wisdom, or strength. Uh, I would say strength, Turin. No, it's power. Uh, it's power slash one. mastery. Um, okay. And then... Mastery Tur- makes sense because yeah. of Turin Bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Turin as a whole means he who desires mastery. Um, in Cinderin, at least. Interesting. But, that is yeah. a very fitting name for him. Which to give you some... I mean, I'm just finding this off of the internet. I actually don't know if that's ever actually mentioned in Children of Horn, So... I yeah, I don't know. know if it is either, but maybe you you're off the hook on that one. <laughs> well, that's a I didn't actually know that. It makes perfect sense. One who desires mastery. Does, yeah. That's his entire life. Absolutely. H- hence his last name. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and then uh, what's the we next have one? uh Nathan, Nathan, Nathan. Nathan, Nathan. Nathan. I, the way uh, Christopher Lee when he reads it, he pronounces it Nathan. Um hmm. but it's spelled any ith um i believe that is nathan the wronged because he felt wronged in his fleeing from doriath that he was being judged inappropriately yep you are absolutely correct well done uh the next one we have is gorthol when does he take that name (laughs) i don't (laughs) remember that name at all so Uh, this it's it's after he it's with him and Beleg when they're when they're the land mm. of uh, you know when he's the bow and the helm you know when sure, they're sure. kind of making their own little kingdom 
Okay, I do vaguely, vaguely remember that he had a different name at that point in time, but I don't. Re- is it something to do with uh, with the dragon helm? Does it have something to do with the helmet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's about as far as I can get on that one. It just means the dread helm. So. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, the dread helm. Yeah. yeah. That man, I remember the dread helm, but I don't remember it ever being tied to the word sure. Gorthal. Sure. Interesting. Okay. And again, we might, there might be one before this, but then we have, actually, no, there, this is, I think this is next, but we have Agarwain right after that. Is that when he's like the bloodstained? Yes. Is that what it is? Is it right after he kills Beleg? He takes this name? Yes. And he okay. goes. In a, that's what his Blood name was. Son of ill fate, or something. Yep. And he he went right into Nargothrond as Agarwain, and then in Nargothrond he gets three names, four names, um, <laughs> in in Nargothrond. So the next one is Adondahel. Um. So this has something to do with the curse of Morgoth upon him that he. Nah. Does it not? I f- I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that route. It's it's a title given to Turin. By the people in Nargothrond. Oh, oh, and that okay, that gives it away. Then it, they call him like Elfman or something like yeah, that because they think yep. is that what it is? Is Elfman? Elfman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Nice. Well done. Well done. And then I, I imagine you will get this next one. We got Mormagil right after that again, given the black title sword. Yeah, the black, the black sword. sword yep. As he would fight with Gurthang. Then after that, we have another name in. Uh, Nargothron, Thurin. Uh, maybe this is the one that he takes that has to do with the curse of Morgoth? Or maybe I'm just no. making all that up. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, man. This is given to him by somebody. Well, oh, this one's given to him by Finduilas. Yes, yes, correct. When she's trying to get his name and he kind of recoils because it's so mm-hmm. similar to his actual name. Exactly. And I have no idea what it means. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, it means the secret. Oh, okay, duh. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay, yeah. nice. Nice. And then after that, after Nargothrond is sacked and he's again in exile, he takes the title Wild Man of the Woods. Is that? Isn't that just Wild Man of Woods? <laughs> yes, but uh, who does he introduce himself to as that? Who does he introduce himself to? Yeah, uh, I believe it's Doralas. After he chases away the orcs that had surrounded yes. or were attacking him, and he pretends to be like an entire company. <laughs> yes, that's correct. That is nice. The yeah, the Men of Brethel or uh, the Men of Brethel. Yeah, yeah, yep. And then next we have Turimbar. That's just Master of Doom, correct? Yes. He yeah. thought he could change his name to I will master my doom. It is okay. And then what was put on Turin's stone? Turin, uh, Turinbar, Dagnir, Glaurung. Dagnir? Mm. So Turin, Master of Doom, mastered by Glaurung? Uh, no. I don't know yeah. what Dagnir no, means. I, I don't but... know what Dagnir means necessarily. Um, in this list that I'm taking from, it just means this was written on the Greystone on his burial mound after uh, which Turin was known. The name after which Turin was known. So I'd say either Defeater of Glaurung or <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. And then uh, I didn't put this Slayer one there. Or Bane. Slayer. Okay, yeah, it checks out. Slayer. Uh, okay. Then the last one, I'll say, if you get this, kudos. What did Nianel or Neonor give him as the name as she looked down Ooh. upon him before she died? She called him twice beloved. Um, there's no way I can say it all. It's like Turin, Turinbar, Turanum, something. Turin I'd have Barton. to read it. Turinbarton. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Master of Doom by Doom Master. Doom Mastered. Yeah. Yep. 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 That was cool. fun. Sorry that we kind of stole Nate's or we, we should have read that email <laughs> really before should, yeah. typing up we the doc, have. but 
Uh, that's all right. Thank you, Nate. That was a it was a good idea that we also kind of stole, and hopefully, I don't know, Seth, you did. You got most of them, I'd say, with a little bit of help. I'd say maybe maybe fifty percent. <laughs> we'll let him decide what he what he wants there. <laughs> yeah, Nate, the last... Nate, write in and let us know uh, out of those ten or eleven. I guess if you have the last one, what percentage you'll give us on that? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Well, the last little segment here on our recap podcast of this episode, we wanted to mention something that Tolkien kind of fleshed out a little bit and then gave up on um, because Turin, even though he killed himself, you know, we don't know necessarily the fate of men, he kind of comes back in, in a prophecy, in a prophecy. So uh, if you remember from our, uh, our uh, Neonor, I almost said Neonor, uh, Numenor <laughs> podcasts, uh, Arpharazon is was the king of Numenor, and he tried to attack the Valar and kind of claim the land. Um, so when they set foot on Amman, uh, they were buried because, like, that's when uh, Ilavatar changed changed the shape of the world, and they were buried mm. and imprisoned into what was called the Caves of the Forgotten until what Tolkien said, the last battle and Day of Doom. So this is something that Tolkien doesn't really talk a whole lot about. It's not going to be in your Silmarillion. Um, Tom Bombadil sings until the world is mended when singing the Barrow Whites. Um, and so it's, it's mentioning like, till the world is mended. Maybe that's the end of the end of doom. I don't know. But uh, Tolkien's vision of the doom of Melkor, if you, if you remember in his later writings, he has Melkor's body destroyed and his spirit bound to the chain of Angnor created by Aule. And so, you know, Melkor or Morgoth's body, he was cast into the void, kind of just disappears. Mm -hmm. Not, you know, he he doesn't have any effect, but his poison that he wrought on the world would still have effect, kind of indirectly. Yeah. Um, before I continue, I just have to ask who in the world is going to be on the Geek Squad in Numenor after our Farazon falls, <laughs> falls in the caves? I mean, like you mentioned, the overweight IT guy. <laughs> From Rings of Power, yeah, golly. Yeah. Pops, if you remember that uh, that little <laughs> that reference. interaction <laughs> reference, yeah. And sorry, <laughs> Scott Marion, you are a great IT guy. You're you're in much better shape than our Farzan. You're running every day. You're doing great. You are. I was going to say, I, I followed him on Strava, and he crushes it. Holy Isn't cow. Isn't crazy? Uh, yeah. He's insane. Wow. It's awesome to see that, you know, every now and then when I open that app. Yeah. Um, so kind of just to piggyback off what Sam was talking about this, uh, this next little section that we're going to read from was removed from the published Silmarillion. And that's because at the, in the later writings, Christopher pulled this part out because Tolkien, his dad's writings basically said, um, that no matter what the scarring of Arda that was produced by Melkor could not be, uh, changed or it would never be repaired. And so yeah. Christopher took that, um, and again, you can research this more on your own. I didn't spend too much time looking into it, but he he took that to say this little phrase that we're or a couple of paragraphs that we're going to read you is just completely taken out. Um, and so this is considered the second prophecy of Mandos. Uh, if you remember, Mandos is the Valar in charge of the halls of Mandos or where the spirits go after he also provides prophecy and judgment. Mm -hmm. Um and so this was originally at the end of the Silmarillion, but was cut from the published uh, bit here. So I'll just go ahead and read the first paragraph. Sam will take the second. It's actually very interesting and ties a bunch of things together. But this is in reference to the Dagor, uh, Dagorath, which is considered the final battle. And then the second music of the Ainur. Uh, so thus spoke Mando, Mandos in prophecy when the Valor sat in judgment in Valinor and the rumor of his word was whispered among the elves of the West. When the world is old and the powers have grown weary, Morgoth, the black foe of the world, seeing that the guard sleepeth, shall come back through the door of night out of the timeless void, and all shall be darkness. For the sun he will turn black, and the moon will no longer shed his light. But the host of the Valar shall descend upon him as a searing flame, white and terrible. Then shall be the last battle, be gathered on the fields of Valinor, in that day Tulkas shall strive with Morgoth, and on his right shall be Yanwe, and on his left, Turin Turambar, son of Hurin, returning from the doom of men at the ending of the world, and black and the black sword of Turin shall deal unto Morgoth his death and final end, and so the children of Hurin and all fallen men shall be avenged. 
I love that. I love that Turin gets kind of that redemption coming back around. And again, it kind of speaks to the fate of men. We don't really know what's going on there, um, that he gets to come back and do that. But I love that he's right next to uh, Tolkis and Yanwei just fighting Morgoth. That'd be cool to see. And he gets to deliver the death blow. Like, man, he deserves to. Absolutely. And then uh, <clears throat> he continues, uh, Mando says, Thereafter shall the earth be broken and remade, and the Silmaril shall be recovered out of the air and the earth and the sea, for Feanor shall surrender them willingly. That's never happened before. And Yavanna will rekindle the two trees, and a great light shall come forth, and the mountains of Valinor shall be leveled, so that the light shall go out into the world. In the light, the Valar will grow young again, and the elves awake, and all their dead arise, and the purpose of Ilavatar be fulfilled concerning them. But of men, in that day, the prophecy of Mandoth doth not speak, and no man it names, save Turin only. And to him, a place is given among the sons of Valar. Why not Aragorn? Yeah. <laughs> Why not, like, somebody who didn't just... <sighs> Maybe that speaks more to the curse of Morgoth than anything else, but I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's just a trickle-down effect. I mean, Sauron is a servant of Morgoth, and Morgoth is the big baddie of, yeah. of Arda. And so... Turin has probably the claim on Morgoth's life more than any other being that's sure. been around. Um, and what's interesting is after this happens, supposedly uh, there will be a second music of the Einor. And at this time, both elves and men will sing with the Valar and it'll be even greater than the first, uh, the first sync music of the Einor. And the dwarves actually will help Aule in rebuilding Arda based on the songs of the Einor elves and men. Um, so it's kind of contradictory to what Sam just read. Uh, the thing about Tolkien's writings is everything was done on paper. And so, yeah. and he didn't, it wasn't linear. He didn't just start and finish. He came back to things and lost papers. And so as Christopher was going through everything, I can't imagine trying to put together the piece of the puzzle and being like, what, what did dad actually <laughs> want to happen? Cause there's all these different endings that contradict each other. And, yeah. uh, and yeah. Fascinating stuff, though. Fascinating stuff. And for the sake of the children of Turin, Turin gets to avenge his his family, his namesake, all that, um, which is a fitting end, a fitting end to our our story. Yes, indeed. But with that, again, Gondor calls for aid. So now is the part of the podcast where we break into the house of Metaseld and we shout, Gondor calls for aid. Will you, Rohan, answer? So if you enjoyed this podcast, please light a beacon of your own by sharing it with some fellow friends and fans. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review, not only on the podcast, but now on the YouTube channel, Weller and Comforts, as well. That Seth has put out. He's put out another video on Gandalf. It's very good. Go check that out. Um, but until then, you can email us also at weckpodcast.gmail.com to share your Tolkien story or any thoughts you have, final thoughts on Children of Turin or Morgoth or the Dagor Dagorath, anything that you want to share with us, we'll read here on the podcast. But we will dive into some more Well and Comforts. We will dive into some more well-earned comforts next time, but until then, we bid you a very fond farewell.